people. Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's. Taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. I am your host of the Cowboy Chronicles, Scott Wright, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh. Jacob, it's Friday morning, Texas Tech, uh, or I'm sorry, Texas Tech is behind us. Baylor is here. Um, uh, looking in the rearview mirror too much, but uh, but you got to see a, a little high school football briefly uh, on on Thursday night. Got to check out the old Stillwater Pioneers. Yeah, last night I uh, I was invited to speak at the OSU Sports Media Club. Uh, shout out to the to the four people who were there for that. That was great. It's homecoming week. There's a lot going on. I, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, plus, we you and I had speak had spoken to the APSC, so a lot of them kind of crossover in yeah. that group so i, I get they it, didn't it wanna, they didn't want to watch a rerun yeah yeah but i still get it. I had a lot of fun uh for that so i thought as i got out of there about 6 45 6 50 i thought you know what Stillwater's playing i'm gonna run over here and check out a quarter um and all i really needed to see was the first <laughs> half of the first quarter um because they they just blitzed uh lawton but you know you saw gunner gundy I saw Gunnar Gundy throw a couple touchdown passes. Um, he looked really crisp, really sharp. Quantrill Walker at running back. Um, I don't know that he's a power five running back because of his height necessarily, uh, but he looked great. Put a couple couple jukes and spins on some guys and just uh, you know made Lawton's defense look really bad. Um, I've not heard good things about Lawton's defense anyways, and so it looked really bad. And then Anthony Bland looked great at receiver. Um but one, one thing that stood out to me, speaking of Baylor this week, Baylor has a commit from Lawton, uh, Chateau Reed at receiver. Um, kind uh, He's kind of receiver. I mean, he might play the defensive back, but I mainly saw him receiver. First play, I stepped in. Uh, Stillwater's already up 7 nothing. They scored a touchdown as I stopped to go to the restroom when I first got in the stadium. <laughs> I heard it on the PA. Um, but, uh, for, you know, first play, first, second play, Lawton runs. They, show, they throw a quick screen. Uh, out to the sideline to Chateau, and he gets past a guy and turns on the Jets and outruns everyone for an 80-yard touchdown. Um, mm. It was impressive. He had long strides. He was bigger than I thought he was. I went down to the sideline after that play and kind of watched up close. Um, so Baylor is getting a good one from Oklahoma uh, just based on speed alone. Yeah. I a lot of things that we could we could we could do a whole uh, a whole podcast talking about Gunnar Gundy and those things. But you you, you mentioned something that um, that I tend to miss, and we would only get the opportunity to do it in high schools whenever uh, we were covering scrimmages. Watching from the sidelines is a really fun thing. It really is. You yeah. get to see so much um, up close that I mean, we, we definitely don't get this now. Right. And, you know, covering college football, we're, yeah. we're high up in press boxes. They're higher than high school press boxes. Mm-hmm. Though Stillwater, that's debatable. That's still pretty high up. There. Yeah, that one's way Stillwater up there. Water's press box. But, you know, that's what I thought. I wanted to go there and I wanted to get an idea of the speed of what these guys were playing at mm-hmm. um, from being down there. And, and they, they're fast. Quantra Walker is a lot faster up close on the field than he looks from a press box. Mm-hmm. Um, Gundy's passes are a lot have a lot more zip to them yeah. uh, than you necessarily realize when you're up there. And, and, and that was a lot of fun to watch. You know, I sit there and talked to some people from Stillwater for a little bit. Um, Matt holiday was hanging around on the side. <laughs> I didn't talk to him. I left him alone, but, but he was hanging around. There's a lot of people on that sideline right now excited about Stillwater for a good reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That team, uh, that team looks pretty solid. Uh, could be on a collision course to, uh, to meet up with, Bixby that uh, Oklahoma State fans also have some interest in with a couple of guys that they've got there uh, in Brendan Presley and Jordan Reagan. So could be an interesting uh, stretch run for those two teams to see what uh, what goes down. But uh, Bixby looks scary good. 
Yeah. You know, everyone everyone you talk to is like Bixby. Bixby might be the best team in the state, yep. according, to, according to a lot of people. They might beat Owasso at this point. Owasso yep. is the best team in 6A1. Um, and it's and a lot of it's because of Brennan. And yeah. I wrote about him this last weekend um, in our recruiting package we did, and he's just electric. Yeah. And the numbers he's putting up are, are insane. Uh, you know, he had the what, 17 catches and seven touchdowns or 19 catches, seven touchdowns, that opener in Texas. Yeah. And um, just – He's the kind of guy that I think can really come in and help Oklahoma State in the future um, in the slot position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting back to uh, to to the topic at hand, it is homecoming week at Oklahoma State. Uh, Baylor coming in. Um, I know uh, Jacob, you weren't around last year for for this, but this feels so much like the same scenario. And I've been talking about this all week to anybody that's 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 brought it up on radio or whatever. Um, but they, uh, this team had the the horrible loss at Kansas State, where they were just completely flat. It was uh, it was a far worse performance than what they had at Texas Tech two weeks ago. Um, and then they have a bye week, then they have homecoming, and Texas comes in, and and they pull the upset. So uh, it was uh, it feels so similar. Uh, that you just uh, you expect this team to come out of of the bye week on homecoming and really be juiced up right now. Yeah, I I think I think there's something to the homecoming aspect of it mm-hmm. a little bit with this. I think coming off the bye week really helps. They're getting healthy, um, they're rested, mm-hmm. uh, they get a chance to regroup. Yeah, uh, you know you've got uh, what AJ Green going to the. St- state fair texas and you know hanging out and right. guys get a chance to get away and, and recover yeah. um but there's something this homecoming thing i really do think that as i drove into town yesterday i see start seeing banners when you first get in town saying yeah. welcome to america's greatest homecoming and it's got sponsorships and all over the place hotels stores whatever yeah um it's this huge deal um and i'll be at homecoming and hoops tonight uh which is another huge event mm-hmm. and i think that's going to play into it and as you wrote in uh, in Friday's paper, a little bit uh, something special. I mean, there's they always have the throwback helmets, and we don't know what the logo is going to be, but it's a little bit of a of a unique connection this year. Yeah, you know, you get uh, you, Mike Gundy has talked about a lot of this, and and T Boone Pickens talked about this too before he passed away. They want to get alumni involved more they want it they want if they have businesses or whatever they want to be able to use them more help them out um so this time osu's turned to greg gold a former running back from the less miles days mm-hmm. that uh to go and design the logo uh the, the helmet decal um for this week i don't know what it is but i got to write his story in today's paper it was a lot of fun doing that i wrote about greg a little bit for the high school section last year um <clears throat> he does a lot of really cool neat stuff He's got his son's little league team dressed just like OSU, using their logos and stuff. Um, that kind of got him in a little hot water as far as like, uh, you can't necessarily do that promotionally-wise. They're not saying anything about him as the football team, but you right. can't can't promote it through your business and stuff because of trademark rights and, and stuff like that. But he's he's getting the chance to do this. He's super excited about it. It's a bucket list item for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gundy talked about it on with us on Monday that, that he just wants to get guys involved in the program because it really just adds value. Yeah. 
Now Gundy also told us another Greg Gold story. <laughs> yeah, we we've got to we've got to come back around to that. Maybe Kansas Week we visit yeah, with Les Gre- Miles Greg, about that. One. Greg told me that he'll 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 gladly tell me that story. I was texting <laughs> him a little bit yesterday, and uh, hey, I got some I got a good response when I brought that up. Said I need that full story at some point. Uh, apparently, he and Les Miles had a uh, nice nice car chase through Stillwater one night. So uh, <laughs> Greg we'll get breaking. more details on that when Kansas is coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, apparently Greg broke curfew and uh, and Les wasn't happy about it. So yeah, we'll have to. Uh, have to follow up on that one because that sounds like it could be a very fun story um let's uh let's uh, i'll tell you what let's take a quick break and we'll uh, we'll dive into the game at hand we've also got the um uh, what's it called the mailbag the mailbag segment is uh, is, is coming we got up. some questions we week. do we've got a lot of questions to get to one that we missed last week uh that was a really interesting question i feel bad for uh, for patty and tulsa because i looked right over it but we'll get to that one too but let's take a break come back talk a little bit about the uh, the actual game be right back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Jacob, this game, um, hard to get a, a real idea um, you know, we, we both watched the Baylor Texas Tech game last week. You know, we we uh, we had an idea of kind of what Texas Tech was before they beat Oklahoma State, and then didn't really know what to think of them. And I don't know that I know any more about them now than I did before uh, before they played Baylor. Um, and I'm not sure that I know anything really that that much about Baylor. I'm really the the middle of this conference the, the 3 through 8 maybe even 9 in this conference seems like it's got a chance to really jumble up if if somebody like Oklahoma State or Baylor doesn't uh you know maybe Iowa State really take command and 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 step forward this is Oklahoma State's uh it's not the first chance last week was their probably their first chance but this week seems to be their uh, their next best chance to take command and and say okay we're here we're for real we're going to contend for for a top 3 spot in this conference. Yeah, I think if if they win this they're still I think they're still in the Big 12 title hunt. Yeah. I mean because Texas could still lose. Yeah. Uh and and go in that spot or two, you know, two lost teams and uh things like that you kind of get things jumbled up. But you're right. I I I don't have a feel for this game very no. well. Um, I mean, I feel like Oklahoma State's going to win. Yeah, um, I, I've been on the record saying that, but I just don't have a feel what the game's going to be like. Um, well, and, and if and if you're like me, your feeling that Oklahoma State is going to win is probably based more on all the other stuff that we talked about the the coming off of the bye week and homecoming mm-hmm. and and all these ancillary things that that give you more of a an idea of yeah, the momentum. Yeah, and I still feel like Oklahoma State has more talent. Yeah, overall, yeah, absolutely. Um, and at some point, talent's got to take over, right? I mean, I just, I just that that's what I keep going back to. I'm like, how is Baylor going to stop Spencer, Chuba, Tylen? Yeah, you know the other guys around them. Uh, how how are they going to? I mean, how's OSU secondary going to go against Baylor's receiver core, though? Right. You know, I mean, yeah. there's there's so many things, but how's the offensive line going to block Baylor's pass rush? There's just just. Yeah. So many different angles that you don't know how this game's going to go. So I'm I'm kind of a little torn on what to expect. Yeah, it's, 
Um, the last one that you mentioned there, I think, could end up being the the, the turning point in this uh, Oklahoma State's offensive line against that that Baylor pass rush, uh, because those guys can get to the quarterback well, and not only that, if if they're filling gaps with that defensive line. That's going to make things. It's going to free up the linebackers. They need Oklahoma State needs to be able to take advantage of the linebackers. Chuba Hubbard, in particular, needs to be able to take advantage of those linebackers that are that are are missing their leader now in Clay Johnston, who was lost for the season. But if that defensive line is is causing trouble from the snap, then it's a, it's going to be a real issue. I think. Yeah, I think Chuba's got to take advantage of it. I think maybe you've got to start throwing some slants. Yeah, and stuff like that to just kind of relieve some of that, some quick, some quick passes mm-hmm. um, that aren't necessarily screens. That Texas Tech try to jump some of those. Yeah. You've got to get a little more creative there necessarily. But I think you're right. That's that's the biggest matchup. I mean, Baylor leads the Big Twelve in sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got what James Lynch here with eight and a half sacks yeah. at defensive tackle. Yeah, um, that's a big guy, and he's getting eight and a half sacks. I mean, come on, that's 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 a force right there. Yeah, um, and. It, I still don't, we still don't know how OSU is going to line up up front, right? Which is exactly. another key part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work at Texas Tech very well the way they realigned everything. Yeah, it worked great against Kansas State. So I don't know what you do there. Um, yeah. That's that's the biggest matchup I'm going to watch. I think that includes Chuba too, though. How's Chuba going to run against this defense? Mm-hmm. Um, and how's Spencer going to run against this defense? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because um, you know, number one, he's got to protect the ball. Mm-hmm. When he's got pressure around him. That's going to be that's going to be a huge piece, obviously. But he's got to he's got to try to find some running lanes when uh, when things are breaking down. And I think that will be more important than even the um, the designed run plays is him uh, avoiding pressure and getting out of the pocket. Whether he's getting out of the pocket to throw or getting out of the pocket to run, uh, that's going to be. A, uh, a really big part of, uh, of how this game goes. So that, that the, the defensive line for Baylor, I think, is a, is a big concern. But then the linebackers, like I said, with the injury to Clay Johnston, um, Terrell Bernard moving into that middle linebacker spot, which is a, a different position that he's been playing, I think you have a chance to give those guys some trouble uh, because uh, because they're going to be you know they're going to be they're obviously down. I mean the guy the guy that they lost had fifty eight stinking tackles. Mm-hmm. He almost doubled up the whole team through six games. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy to have twenty eight more tackles by one guy on a, on a team at the end of a season. But to have that much, I mean that's almost five tackles a game per per game over over a six game span that he's uh, he's outpacing his his teammates. That's a ridiculous number of tackles so um that vacancy is going to be an an interesting one i think to see how baylor fills that uh, fills that void because that's not a that's not something you just make up up for with uh with with another player plus his leadership skills i think are uh, are important there um chuba hubbard with the with it with everything that we said you have a a, uh, do you have any kind of feeling about what kind of kind of game chuba could have you know i I still think he could have a big game. I mean, it's Chuba, and the way they've focused on getting him the ball, and he kind of stabilizes everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if 200 is in the cards, but I yeah. think 150 is. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that with, uh, you know, they're, I think they'll give him enough opportunities 
to get through some holes against that defensive line that they, that they can uh, that he can make some plays. So you mentioned Oklahoma State's defensive secondary. Uh, we were we were both sort of taken aback at how many guys Baylor has who are uh, are talented receivers. Obviously, Denzel Mims is is uh, is a star, but they've got a lot of guys in that uh, in that group. Yeah, I, I I can't pretend to tell you all their names because there are yeah, so many of no. them. Um, and and that's going to put a lot of pressure. I mean, you wrote about AJ Green and his motivation earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodarius Williams had a good season. This is going to be a big test. Colby Harvell Peel, who said he's healthy, mm-hmm. is going to be a big test for for him in the sa- in the secondary in the safety position. Um, I'm really curious to see how they do against these guys. They didn't. I don't think they played bad against Texas Tech. Right. Particular, you know, they didn't play great either. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see when they do against a better group of receivers than what Tech has right now. Yeah. Um, I think this is the best group of receivers they've played. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of curious what they see. But what do you think? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm really curious because, you know, like you said, at Tech, Tech Jet Duffy hit some passes that I didn't yeah. expect him to be able to make. Um, that that one touchdown to to uh, TJ Vasher in the back of the end zone with with double coverage and both guys in pretty good spots. Um, that one was was impressive. They had a couple others that were that were pretty impressive throw and catch situations. So um, now in the second half they they couldn't get a stop and and they were backpedaling a lot. So. Um, you know, I think I think Peel being out, I think he's a guy that that holds that together. He's not always great in coverage. Mm-hmm. He uh, he'll get beat from time to time, uh, but I think he's a stabilizing force overall with that secondary. So um, I think him being back is important. But this is definitely going to be a uh, a really big test. You know, if Texas had had Colin Johnson in that game, I think that might have been the best uh, best yeah. group of receivers. But with him him not being in that game, I I think this might be the the deepest receiving core they've played so far so um we'll see uh we'll see how they handle it because uh that's going to be you know that's going to be option number one for this baylor team attacking and then you know if you're in if you're getting coverage then that opens up charlie brewer to try to to break things down and run if uh if they're not getting pass rush which is going to be the next part of uh of uh, what they've uh, what they've got to do is keep him contained and and uh, and get pressure on him. I feel pretty good about the containment aspect of OSU's defense. They did mm-hmm. really good against Sam Ellinger. Yeah, they did. And and that still stands out to me. Uh, you can put Eamon Ogbogbamiga out there and just kind of let him spy or Trace Ford if you need to. I still think Trace is a good pass rusher for this or Brock mm-hmm. Martin is a good pass rusher for this too. Um, but I think Eamon and – Devin Harper and and maybe Malcolm a little bit. But I think Malcolm's really good to go downhill too. But mm-hmm. you get some of those guys kind of spying Charlie Brewer there, and I think you've got a really good chance. Yeah, spying Charlie sounds like I was watching a Vietnam uh, movie. Yeah, that's uh, true. Um, all right, well let's uh, tell you what. Let's take a break. We got some really really interesting questions on um, uh, in the mailbag this week. So let's uh, let's take a break. We'll get to those coming back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh, and it is mailbag time. Woohoo! 
Now, uh, as I mentioned, Patty in Tulsa, our apologies for missing you last week. You came in with a strong one. We're going to lead off with that because it's still uh, still a valid question. So, um, referencing the Texas Tech loss, essentially. But his question is, why do fans slash media in football immediately zoom way out after a loss and look at programs in this big picture lens? For example, and he's, he's quoting uh, a pistols firing um, uh, blog, quote, has Gundy lost his fastball, end quote, when it's obvious we witnessed the worst game from a quarterback in a, at OSU in half a decade. I think, I think part of the reason is, and it's not necessarily fair, it's not necessarily uh, um, uh, right, uh, but there's only 12 games and one loss feels a lot bigger in football than, than any other sport, especially a loss that they, that no one really saw coming. Right. Yeah. A loss when you're, when you're favored, you know, the loss of Texas, no one necessarily worried too much Mm -hmm. because it's Texas. Texas is back in a lot of people's eyes to be in Texas. Right. And you go on the road, you lose at Texas, you compete, you hang Mm -hmm. in there, you know what do you what do you take? Wh- why do you say "woe is me"? Yeah. At that point, you lose at Texas Tech, a team that just got obliterated by OU. Mm-hmm. Um, you go there and you you lay an egg there. Uh, that's that's why people maybe take that step back. Yeah. Um, is it right? I don't know. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's. I. I don't think it's wrong. I don't know that it's great either. I. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's tough, and it's, I mean. And let's uh, let's let's be honest. I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not talking poorly about the guys at, at pistols firing. Um, but but I mean, this is this is this is what they do. I mean, they're of they're sort of trying to be the voice of the fan. Yeah. And a lot of fans think that way. A lot of fans were thinking what they wrote. Um, not necessarily a majority, but a lot of people. Yes. So. You know that's uh, that's a that's that's part of what they do, and and you know more traditional media outlets um, aren't necessarily going to going to jump to those lengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's uh, that's 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 the, kind of the meat and potatoes of of what they do there. You know, they're um, them or uh, or say uh, you know sports talk radio host would uh, would be yeah. you know, more quick to go down that path. Than um, you know, than we would, or or some other yeah. other media outlets. Now, so, I will say that Patty's not going to like the Big Twelve coach in the hot seat, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, uh, coming up from Barry Trammell. Yeah, I saw that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So then, it's probably not going to be a huge fan of that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, and it's uh, Barry also defines hot seat differently than yes. Then, uh, Barry's not calling for a job or yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. Here. No, no, not at all. Um, but the the question is valid and, and uh, understandable. Why it's odd to see odd to see people go that route rather yeah. than if the uh, season keeps getting worse. Yeah. It's really fair at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um, John asks, are you expecting Jordan McRae to be involved in the offense again this week? He seemed to be targeted on splash plays last week. What percent of snaps do you think he'll get? As far as percentage of snaps, you never it's hard to always yeah. it's hard to predict that with the different formations that they run out there. 
of the you know the the, the two tight end sets that limit their their number of receivers and you know sometimes they go to four wide and, and they try to mix in you know Braden Johnson in some some certain scenarios to try to use his speed deep so it's hard to say what percentage of snaps but I do think that he is going to continue to be looked at more and more in yeah. uh, in a lot of different ways, especially when they can get him in single coverage. I think so too. I think I think and Gundy talked about that last week with us that he's got to get involved more. He had the big touchdown play at Tech or the big catch. Sorry, big catch with the, all the all the juke moves and everything. Right. Yeah, he yeah, used yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he's got the ability and I think if you get him more involved, you can open things up more for Tylen. Yeah. On the opposite side. And and that's what the goal is. So I, I look for him to get more involved. Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. I think that they understand that using, using him is, is going to make things easier for the offense in, in general. Um, I also really don't understand why the middle of the field goes as unused as it does. So we'll, uh, we'll see what develops there, but um, interesting one from Justin this week. Always uh, a, a strong contributor to the show. Is there any amount of turnovers by Spencer Sanders on Saturday that would cause Mike Gundy to put Drew in? I don't know if it's necessarily a number. Yeah. As it, much as it's uh, you know behaviors. The the type of turnovers. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because you could argue some turnovers are weren't you know some interceptions they. Couldn't have been on him, maybe, you know? Right. You, yeah. you don't know if it's interceptions. If he's not protecting the ball, maybe that's the bigger issue. If right. he's not, if he's fumbling again, maybe that's the bigger concern. Yeah, if, he's making bad, if he's making bad decisions mm-hmm. in, in th- you know, like the throw to Jelani Woods that got picked yeah. off at Tech. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the other two interceptions at Tech, uh, one, he was hit when he threw it, mm-hmm. and the other one, he overthrew Stoner, but it yeah. was, but Stoner got a hand on it, tipped it up in the air, mm-hmm. and gave the guy a chance to yeah. pick it off. I remember so. one being deflected. That's what it was. And and yeah. but if he's not protecting the ball in the pocket again, mm-hmm. um, I think that's that that's that might be the line that Gundy draws. Yeah, maybe. But I still struggle to see Gundy. Yeah, I think a I think change. I think it's going to have to go really bad yeah. for Spencer for him to uh, to pull that trigger um, because uh, um, as I'm as I'm writing for Saturday's paper. You've got to you've got to live through the growing pains mm-hmm. to come out on the other side, and um, you know that's uh, that's that's going to be part of it. You 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 pull him and you just delay that process. What do you do to his confidence if you pull him? Yeah, I've I've wondered about that as well. Um, you know, he seems like a pretty confident guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know how that would uh, that would phase him, but it 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 could be it could be bad. You don't know. So that's uh it's an interesting question. And I don't know, uh, I really don't know what, you know, I don't know where that tipping point is for Mike Gundy in, uh, in his mind with, uh, with this. Um, you know, he's pushed through things with, uh, with some young quarterbacks before and, and, you know, typically comes out good on the other side. So, all right. Uh, Angel asks, it seems like the Texas Tech defense outcoached both Baylor and OSU with interceptions galore in the first half of both games. Any chance we will see Knowles get more aggressive against Baylor since he's had two weeks to prepare? Um, I mean, I think I, I, I feel like Knowles is, is fairly aggressive in, in what he does in general. Um, I think it's... You haven't seen the exotic blitzes 
as much this year. So maybe maybe there's some more of that. But I think with a mobile quarterback, you hesitate with that a little bit because if you send a if you send a safety on a blitz and and he misses, he's he's out of the play at that yeah. point. And so um, you know you you risk taking a guy out of of a potential playmaking situation when you've got a mobile quarterback and you might need guys around to uh, you know to help with containment. So. Um, you know, in, but in general, I think, uh, I think his aggressiveness is with the secondary in how he allows them to cover. He doesn't, uh, he's not trying to help those guys out a bunch. Mm-hmm. He lets them go man up and, uh, and, and play their coverage. So I think that's where his aggressiveness is coming this year, as opposed to last year where his strength was up front. He was, he was doing different things up there. So I don't, um, I don't. I don't know that we see a big change from Jim Doles. There'll be some some disguising of things and some different things that that he's had time to prepare. But I don't know that we're going to see a huge change in how he attacks Baylor. Yeah, I I don't know that we. Is it a necessity to have a huge change? No, I don't. I don't think so. That's that's what I I struggle with. I don't. I don't yeah. know that it is. I th- I think I don't think the defense has been as huge of an issue as people like to make it out to be. Right. I think the offensive struggles in the red zone. I think Spencer's turnovers. I think those mm-hmm. have been the bigger issues lately than yeah than the defense. Yeah, and I mean we talked about the the, the poor second half that that Oklahoma State had in in pass coverage in particular, um, but I I I think that was uh, that was a little bit more of them kind of running out of gas. They were putting on the field a lot in the first half and in a lot of tough situations and played really well and held up. I mean, for that score to have only been 20 to nothing at halftime or right before halftime for Oklahoma State scored um, was was pretty impressive for the defense. So, um, you know, I don't uh, I don't I don't feel like the uh, the defense has been as big an issue as, as people feel. So I uh, now they do need to get some turnovers. I'll say that. Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely fair. That's they, that's fair. They need to they need to find their way to some turnovers for sure. All right, last thing. Let's uh, let's throw out some uh, some predictions here to uh, to close this thing up. Um, now I don't know what the spread has moved to at this point in the week, but uh, early in the week, whenever we mm, entered our predictions, it was at uh, at three and a half favoring Oklahoma State. Uh, not a lot of folks on the staff expecting Oklahoma State to cover, though most of us think that the Cowboys are going to win. Jacob, what do you got happening this weekend? Uh, I have OSU covering. I'm one of the few. Right. 34-30 uh, to 30 is what I predicted. Um, I think it's going to be a fourth quarter decision. Yeah. I think it's going to come down to something late uh, for either team, whether that's OSU with a late touchdown or OSU with a late defensive stop. Uh, to get the win, um, it could be a comeback for OSU. It wouldn't surprise me the way Baylor is kind of their formula lately is to blow, you know, to, to give up a lead in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, kind of have to battle in there. And so I think maybe their, I don't know, if luck is the right word, but maybe their luck kind of runs out at this point. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that absolutely. I've got, uh, I've got Oklahoma State winning 35 to 28. Um, I feel like I, I expect a fast start from Oklahoma State. Um, especially if they get the ball first, mm-hmm. I think they could. Uh, I think you're going to see a uh, a well designed game plan, a good offensive script 
coming out of the gate for Oklahoma State. Um, and I think that's going to be something that uh, that, that sort of boosts them uh, into uh, into this game and and gives them a gives them a leg up on their way to uh, on their way to victory. So uh, I still think it's going to be an exciting game. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting a blowout by any no. means. So uh, um, this is a this is a good Baylor team. Like I said, we don't know how good, but they're they're solid. You. You win six games at this point in the season. You're mm-hmm. uh, you're you're pretty good. So, um, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be a, a, a high quality football game. Some good entertainment that we get on Saturday afternoon at three p.m. Now, last thing I wanted to, to ask you: you got to uh, got to check out a little bit of the uh, of the the homecoming. You'll be at homecoming and, and hoops tonight. Excited? I am. Um, I keep hearing really good things about it. How awesome the event is. Um, Mason Rudolph is obviously a judge the dunk contest tonight. So I'm pretty excited to see that um, along with Markel Brown and Andrea Riley and Tiffany bias. I mean, you've got some pretty big names from Oklahoma state coming back yeah. for this dunk contest. I'm really excited about the dunk contest. I was talking with some of the, some of the basketball players. Uh, we got Cam McGriff and, um, and he, uh, the other day, uh, and that's Mike Boynton too. And, Griff is convinced because he's the veteran of the group. He's going to win this dunk contest because <laughs> um, it's him and three of the freshmen right. that are in this. Um, Boynton picked Avery Anderson, hmm. the freshman guard, like point guard. Wow. He says he's going to surprise some people. Interesting. Um, I thought that was interesting. Me, I've seen Caleb Boone put on a show with dunks mm-hmm. before. I'm a little curious what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, but I know Cam. Cam's a monster. Yeah. I mean, with dunks. Yeah. So, but he said he didn't really have a plan. He kind of just goes with the moment because right. he's more of an end game kind of guy on yeah. that. So I think Avery has a plan that could, though. Uh, that could backfire on Cam. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's and he's a little confident. Little maybe a little too confident yeah. here. Uh-huh. Um. But I'm excited to see that. I, right. I think it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love dunk contests. I've covered them in high school events, right? And they're fun then. Yeah, they're going to be more fun when you got the guys like this that are legit dunkers. Oh, yeah. But Avery Anderson was a surprise pick for me from Mike Point. Right. So I'm really kind of curious to see what happens. That will be very interesting. I'm really curious now. So, all right, well, good stuff. So enjoy your uh, your first homecoming in hoops, and uh, we will be back with our post game podcast. After the Oklahoma State and Baylor game, thank you for joining us on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com.